This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Yesterday, the National Labor Relations Board's regional director uh, declared Dartmouth men's basketball players to be employees. Nathan Kalman Lamb. Uh, who was a visiting professor at Duke when I met him, is now with the University of New Brunswick. He also does the End of Sport podcast with his friends, and he joins us for a couple of minutes on the Adam Gold Show. Uh, Thanks for the time, and I know you have a book coming out very soon that you and I are going to discuss. But what did yesterday's news say to you? Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Adam. It's, It's wonderful news. Uh, for me, as someone who has been advocating for a long time for the rights and protections of college athletes, uh, I don't want people to think this is a surprise. In 2021, the general counsel of the NLRB, Jennifer Abruzzo, issued a memo in September of that year essentially inviting college athletes to do exactly mm-hmm. what these Dartmouth players did, inviting them to unionize. She then came on our podcast, The End of Sport, in November of that year. And honestly, if people want to listen to that, it's amazing. It'll explain everything people Mm -hmm. need to know about what happened yesterday. Because Abruzzo was saying, listen, college athletes, whether or not they even receive anything that might be construed as compensation. And, of course, people will say, Dartmouth, Ivy League, not even (laughs) getting scholarships, right? These are the least compensated, supposedly, college athletes. What are they doing unionizing? But Abruzzo told us it doesn't matter if you are performing a service for the institution and you receive any kind of some, anything that could be construed in any possible way as compensation, even in terms of gear, um, yeah. food, anything, that means that you're an employee of the institution. And so I'm not at all surprised about this news. And I actually think, because people are saying, listen, Northwestern tried to unionize. Mm-hmm. We've seen this before, right? We shouldn't take this seriously until we actually see what happens through appeal. Well, let me say, because Abruzzo has asked for this, because the Supreme Court has previously spoken Mm -hmm. resoundingly about their concerns with exploitation in college sports, we have every reason to believe this is going to be upheld all the way up the chain. I think this means if players are serious, we are going to see unions in college sports. Oh, I agree. Um, I, th- to me, this is the game. I, it's not the game ender. I, it, the end of sport podcast, and actually I retweeted, uh, you, you had tweeted out the episode, so I retweeted right. uh, the Jennifer Abuso, Abruzzo um, episode. Um, it's not about ending sports. It's about really ending the exploitation of college athletes. And I thought you would be interested in this. Doug Gottlieb, of course, last night, uh, everybody's favorite troll when it comes to, uh, you know, compensating athletes, either uh, with NIL or otherwise. Uh, Gottlieb tweeted out, uh, if Dartmouth basketball players are are employees, they should be fired. Uh, their record is 5-14. <laughs> and 14. They're last in the Ivy League. They're one of the worst teams in major in men's college basketball at the Division I level. Somebody has to be. Um, so, he, yes, he tweeted they should be fired. Uh, first of all, I you know, of course, you get a chuckle for a second, uh, and then you realize just he's trolling. But wouldn't it be the head coach? Like, he's the one who chose those players. Wouldn't he be the guy? To be fired, but what what is your response to something as silly as that? 
Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. You have a 401k, but you're changing jobs. You're taking that 401k with you. Next step. Well, a lot of people leave it behind, which is not a good thing. I mean, if you're not at the company anymore, your 401k shouldn't either. That's when it's time for my 401k survival Oh, oh look at that. Set. You see it right here. I've got workbooks, <laughs> guidebooks, DVDs in here that explain everything about your 401k. More importantly, how to build a lifetime income. It's a $300 value. I'm also going to give you a total retirement plan, which is a $1,000 value for the next 18 of you who call right now. No cost or obligation. Call 888-843-0013 or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing that people miss. This is a classic method, an instrument of union-busting anti-labor activism to tell workers who are trying to organize to improve their working conditions well, actually, you're safe right now. You have a benevolent employer. The real risk to you comes if you try to unionize because then, then we have antagonism in the workplace. And it's a lie, not because the employer is antagonistic to labor. They are, and they will try to bust your union, and they will try to fire you. But the lie is that they were ever on your side. <laughs> the truth about college sports as it has currently existed is that players are constantly subject to coercion. Doug Golly says, now players can be fired? No, players could always be fired. Let's be crystal clear about that. There were no protections for college athletes, and if they ever ran afoul of coaches... They risk, A, obviously, a lack of playing time, which is right, a catastrophic for a college athlete, mm-hmm. especially someone at the higher level who's trying to make it to professional sports. But also the, play, the coaches have a million different tactics to take away a scholarship if they want to, to remove a player from the team. There's really no impediment whatsoever. So in the status quo, players are completely unprotected and subject to coercion. The whole point of a union is that it provides the prospect of actual meaningful labor protection. And that's why I absolutely applaud these Dartmouth players. Nathan Common Lamb is a joke. Yeah, well, of course. Um, and and a, well, a well-paid one, by the way. And a former college athlete, which gives him credibility in the space, even if he's coming at, coming at this from uh, an extreme, I'm not going to say right or left, but an extreme anti-player uh, point of view because that's what he's doing. Basically, I had to deal with this, therefore you have to deal with this in perpetuity. Um, there, You can make arguments about what college sports does provide the stu- the, the athlete. I'm not even going to call them student athletes. It's, it's sort of ingrained in everybody at this point. But you can make the argument that college sports provides a lot for student athletes, for athletes, even those at Dartmouth, because uh, for some of them, they wouldn't have gotten into Dartmouth otherwise. That was part of the decision from the NLRB that ex- academic exceptions are made for athletes, whereas they might not have been made for a musician or an artist or somebody or something like that. Uh, so there is there is something given the other way, uh, but it's, it's, it's really all about control. And you... You specifically talk about healthcare. Yeah, healthcare is a huge factor. And I would be, I mean, remember, we're talking about basketball players here, and that again, slightly kind of misdirects. But, you know, football is at the core of the, the financial side of the right. college sports system. We all know this. We all know the system is radically changing overnight because of football dollars. And we know that football players are the ones who are human sacrifices. Right when it comes to the health and well-being of these students who are producing all the value in the system, value for uh, the corporations that employ Doug Gottlieb, right? Yeah, uh, and and so 
we have now seen, given our understanding of the harm of a sport like football and also the harm caused by any sport, basketball, long-term harm, right, that in the U.S. healthcare system, which doesn't exist, it's a private system, as everyone who's listening to this mm-hmm. show knows all too well, sadly, right, these athletes, whatever harm they suffer in college, they are on the hook for that for the rest of their lives. And you know, Americans know how expensive those costs are. Those are life-changing. Yeah. All the claims that the universities will make about how much value the players get, honestly, it's all being sucked up by health costs alone. You're really paying to participate in college sports just because of the health fees you're accruing. They don't even realize you're going to have in the future. But collective bargaining would allow players to push, let's say, lifetime health insurance, Right. Yeah. The schools should be on the hook for those costs for life. That's a bare minimum. But you know what? If you leave it to the schools, they're never going to foot the bill. That's why we need unions. Hey, the NFL, which makes, what, it's like a 16 or more than that, like almost a $20 billion industry, uh, they have tried to get out uh, get out of it like with the 10 cents on the dollar in paying the former players, their former players who helped them earn uh, all of these billions. Before we let uh, Nathan Kalman Lamb go from the University of New Brunswick at NKA Lamb on Twitter, because um, we don't have a lot of time, I'm just, I'll get, give you a couple of seconds. Is there anything else uh, that jumped out to you that might be uh, a positive outcome of this other than the potential unionizing? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think one thing we just want we want to think about with this is actually what's a fascinating question that none of us are really considering. Right? We're probably considering, oh, a Dartmouth men's basketball union. Actually, what the players themselves specifically said last night is their ambition is an Ivy League-wide union, yeah. right? Which is to say that they'd all be members of a union negotiating against all of their universities as joint employers and the conference, potentially the NCAA. So that's a fascinating wrinkle to watch because what Jennifer Abruzzo told us is basically she does not conceive of any one specific pathway. Her position was, look, you form whatever bargaining unit you want. You folks do deserve employment rights. Like I, I, she, she looked at the case and said, you, you look like employees to me, but you determine if you want to be a team-based union, if you want to be a conference-based union, if you want to be broader than that, right? So I think that that's a really interesting question because the way in which players choose to unionize is going to have a huge impact moving forward on what college sports look like. Nathan, I appreciate your time. Uh, we'll talk again. When does your book come out, by the way? book's supposed to come out in uh, hopefully September 24 with UNC Press. It's called The End of College Football, co-authored with Derek Silva. Uh, the subtitle is uh, the human co- On the Human Cost of an All-American Game. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you, but I'll talk to you before then, but I appreciate your time. Thank you, Adam. You got it. Nathan Kelman-Lamb, uh, University of New Brunswick, but again, he spent a few years uh, as a visiting professor at Duke. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice.